Welcome to the CWDW Near and Far podcast where we explore perspectives of the Walt Disney World Resort from a thousand miles away to ten miles away. I'm Mike, the far in this equation. And I'm John, ten miles away. So it's been a little while since we recorded a podcast, but we decided to do a little bit of a format change here and and uh, just just cover some segments and talk about things that uh, I don't know really interest us. Just to change the podcast up a little bit and uh, make a make it I guess a little more organized. Wouldn't you say, John? Yeah, it's really not going to change. Just a little. Well, it is going to change. Like you said, organized a little bit better. And everybody likes threes, so you know. Yeah. I I watched Dora the Explorer with my daughter when she was younger, and it's always threes. So. Yeah. We're going to split it into three parts. <laughs> That's right. So the first segment that we're going to do, and this is going to be a regular segment, is uh, just to talk about what's going on in the parks. Uh, for John, who attends the parks regularly, uh, this is a really good chance just to talk about what he experienced, what was different, or just what he liked, what he didn't like, and, and just to talk about what in general is going on at the parks and for me i'm really interested in that that gives me a chance to really keep up with everything without watching some vlog on youtube or something like that so john take it away what's going on at the parks well right now at the parks um for the first time in many years um january is actually a slow time at the parks um I know a lot of people have said that over the years, it's a great time to go, but you know, between the holidays and the marathons, um, since I moved here in 2017, I would say January and February were some of the busiest times of the year. And, you know, with uh, everything going on now, it apparently is not because uh, wait times have been way down. And um, the biggest thing going on, though, is they brought back Park Hopper in a way. Um, after 2 p.m., you can switch parks. So I've used that multiple times now. So And that enabled me uh, last week to go to all four parks. So that was really nice. Like, uh, what did we do? I think we went to uh, Animal Kingdom, which is an easier one to get. And then in the afternoon we went to the magic kingdom we did that around my wife's birthday or i think it was on my wife's birthday and then um over last weekend i i went to epcot and i walked straight from epcot back to the new uh ratatouille area in france and then walked straight through the epcot resorts and went to hollywood studios so um it having the park hopper back it's not the same as it was but it really does remind me how much i miss it because you know uh, one park per day is not ideal for you know locals and it wasn't ideal for me on vacation either because uh with the different times and everything i mean epcot closes later than a lot of the other parks and it was more of an evening park to go to and have a you know get a meal have a drink enjoy the atmosphere kind of park and Epcot was not doing well at night, I think, because no park hopping. It made the decision for all day, you know. So, But the other thing that's been going on, and there won't usually be as much, but since this is the first time, the Festival of the Arts is at Epcot now, too. And I've been to that a couple of times, and 
it is amazingly similar to what it's always been you know like a lot of the festivals have been dialed back and less going on i feel like festival of the arts except for the uh performers i feel like everything else is there like they even have the wall where you go up to you know paint the big murals on the wall they have many many artists to go through and look at they're using the uh, world showcase pavilion so to uh, you know that's filled with food and artists and and so i as i'm going through the festival of the arts i it really does feel uh strangely normal you know it's not the same but it's much closer than the other ones have been so that's what's going on park hopper is back festival of the arts is on and it's uh i wish it was a longer one i think it's over in february like the 22nd something like that it's one of the shorter uh festivals but we'll see historically the flower and garden festival has always been my favorite but as it moved away from flower and garden and more towards just you know the spring summer food and wine festival is what it kind of turned into that then i i didn't like it as much but yeah i the uh i that's a complaint that a lot of people i think have is that uh the uh, arts festival is so short and it, it's gotten more popular over the years i i believe so uh it, it's interesting because i believe there used to be sort of an arts festival called festival of the masters or something like that over at disney springs at one point uh and it's kind of that that's completely gone away and more or less been replaced by this arts festival it, and maybe replaces more of a harsh word i think mm-hmm. maybe it's just they they kind of ran concurrently at one point i believe or at least one ran and the other ran uh independently but they've just done done away with festival of the masters and it's more or less been integrated more uh, into uh festival of the arts and and it's a shame because there's a lot of cool stuff there i, I watch videos see pictures of the festival of the arts and i'm i'm a lover of art uh i i really love the uh some of the more quirky stuff and uh just looking at some of the video and and all that it it looks like a full-blown arts fest this year it does not look like the so-called taste of arts fest yeah i and and i have to say as someone who's been there i do not feel like it's any less than of a festival than in past years at least as far as the art goes, like I said, normally they'd have uh, different performers. They'd have the uh, the person that, that performs as a statue. They'd have some acrobats. They may have um, some a musical act. Oh, maybe that's why the musical part. Um, they they In years past, they had Broadway performers come in, which was very popular. I personally did not... Uh, don't do a, a lot of watching in that theater, even for the music that they bring in. But a lot of people did love that. So maybe that's why the performers are not there, but all the art is there. And for me, my favorite part is the art. Yeah. So the physical artwork is my favorite part. So for me, it feels the same. But for some people, you know, like I had people that, abs- I know people, I should say, that absolutely loved the Uh, Broadway performances that they would Mm -hmm. do there and stuff and so from their perspective they're probably thinking oh this is not the same it's not as good so 
Yeah, it depends. For for me though, there's loads of art to look at, so I just love going through and just looking at it all and enjoying it. And I don't know if I'm gonna be able to buy a piece this year. Normally, my wife used to work at Disney World, so we would buy something where she got a good discount and buy one item per year because it's kind of expensive. But you know, since she doesn't work for them anymore. I don't know if we'll do it or not. And of course, the thing she likes the best is this mermaid picture, and it's twenty five hundred dollars. So. Oh boy, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, well, I see some really. Taste. Well, I see some really cool artwork behind you up on your walls. So it looks like you, you know. No, you guys... that's that's puzzles that we got work oh. there at a discount that we <laughs> sprayed and glued and pasted to the wall. <laughs> oh, that's cool though uh yeah i mean it's the i even just love looking at them you know just looking at the artwork and stuff yeah. so it, I, unfortunately i only get a chance to see it on video but it, it's really cool and i do think that you're right about that i didn't even think of that but the fact that there's no musical groups this year i think that's probably why they call it a taste wow. Well, for the arts, they they would actually have Broadway performances, which it is musical. But I just didn't want to confuse it with food and wine and uh, uh, flower and garden. They actually have mu uh, musical acts like, you know, all different bands from whenever mm -hmm. that's to come in and do uh, music performances. And uh, that that was very popular, too. There's people depending on who's there. Uh, you know, I've even gone to some, just some classic ones. And I remember when I first moved down here, I, uh, I, 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 I made a phone call to my mom back in Pennsylvania. And it was just weird. I remember the background was the guys that sang Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> it was re really bad. And it's like I'm standing yeah. in Epcot talking to my mom and just randomly. I didn't go there for that, but the guys who sing... Uh, song known around the world that they're just sitting there playing and i'm like life is strange you know yeah yeah i know they have a lot of uh 80s groups too i think they bring in like really famous 80s groups things that we would have grown up with you know and uh yeah i can't think of her name but the 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 girl who thinks i who sings i think we're alone now like that song uh yeah tiffany. like tiffany yeah tiffany, yeah my yeah. my wife made me go and watch tiffany the her performance <laughs> and i was like you know i i don't really care to see her but i love epcot and my wife loves uh loved the t tiffany back in the day and i'm like it's a good all-around thing because it's all the way in the back so we have to go through the entire Epcot to get there, and yeah. then we might as well go the other way when we leave. So it's it's a good thing. And I, I, I remember before I moved here, they always said, uh, who was it? The the one guy from the Monkees was one of the more popular ones that would come back every year. I, I, I think he passed away now. But... Davy Jones? Yeah, yeah. Davy yeah. Jones would come every year, and everybody loved it, you know? And now I think a big one is... Uh, I don't know if they come for food and wine or for the garden festival, but Hanson would come. Oh and yeah, yeah. I've already been there for the Hanson. It was packed and people were wow. loving it. It looked like a miniature concert. Like there is literal fans everywhere. So, I mean, you can get a taste of real artists and yeah. who was it? I, I think uh, at Mardi Gras too, Universal. And I know I'm 
rambling and getting off topic, but I remember a couple times too at Universal, uh, Macklemore actually showed up. Like oh, they wow. paid okay. him, and it wasn't just him. It was him with all his band and his side things. It was like full on Macklemore concert, and I was like, huh. holy crap, that's like for free at Universal. I'm like, I, I some of the sometimes they do. They both do really impressive things, you know. So, hmm. oh, ho- well, hopefully that comes back because that was getting to be quite popular, doing bigger and bigger uh, uh, shows at these uh, little theaters at theme parks. Yeah, I believe uh, doesn't didn't Universal do something for Mardi Gras? So it's typically about this time of year. You know, we're we're getting close to it. Yeah, and I think Universal is going to do. I heard they're going to do Mardi Gras this year. They plan on it, so. I don't know what it'll look like, but hopefully it looks pretty good. Well, my guess is that maybe we'll talk about that whenever it happens or shortly yeah. thereafter. Um, uh, fun fact, Davy Jones actually, before he passed away, lived uh, about maybe 20 minutes away from where I live and uh, had a music studio right uh, right near the town that he lived in so it's interesting he had a nice little house and was a good community member and everyone loved him and it was pretty sad when he passed away uh, he's Ooh. you know he's british but he lived you know he was originally he was born in britain but he had his main house right here in pennsylvania i just know that he was a favorite at epcot every year like people I heard the most about him more than anybody else, and people would just be so excited. And my assumption is he must have put on a really good show, you know, yeah. to have people that excited. Because there's names that I would consider bigger that went there, but he seemed to have been amongst yeah. the most popular. But that's before I moved here, and I don't, I, I don't, I've never seen him, but mm-hmm. I heard a lot of good things. So you said about the Ratatouille area. Did they have it open when you were back there? They do have part of the area open. The the uh, there's a a long walkway leading up to the ride that is still closed. There's a they basically uh, removed the wall next to the uh, the perfume and arcade. What it says there at, at France. And now you can walk back, but all you can really do is look at some buildings, and there's a new bathroom back there. I use mm. the facilities back there. Five stars. They're great. Five stars. <laughs> no, it's another bathroom back there, but that's it. You can't get near the ride yet. So, But it was cool, and it, it gives you an idea of how big that new area is going to be where they, they opened up part of it, you know, so... Okay. It looks great, yeah, great, though. Again, that's a. I do a lot of complaining about what's going on at Epcot. I every time I see videos of Future World, I'm sad that it's just a pile of rubble right now. But in the back, all the way in the back of the park, they're actually adding things. You know, adding an entire area and ride and restaurant and it to France is. I I I could not think of any reason to complain about that. Yeah, I'll say. I've seen some pictures and video online, and I'm very excited for that to open up. I can't wait to walk back in there, and I can't wait for that ride to open up. It's it's going to be great. I, you know, another trackless ride, and um, I, I I like the concept of those trackless rides. I, I hope they really knock it out of the park with that one. Uh, everyone's yeah. really excited about it, so I, I am I, too. I think they will. And the original is in uh, France, so 
that most of us have never gotten to ride it, but everybody that did has nothing but good things to say. So I, it's got to be at least as good as that one, maybe even better. They may have thought of improvements by now. So. Yeah, even even if they keep it just the same, I think it sounds like sounds like that is the, one of the best things that France has to offer, and the fact that it's coming to Walt Disney World is very exciting, uh, especially yeah. with everything we already have to offer. Epcot definitely needs another really good ride like that. Yeah, I wish they would do that more because that's what they did for the uh, year of a was it the year of a million dreams, something like that, or the one one of the celebrations when they brought. They brought Lights Motor Action from France to Hollywood oh, Studios. Yeah. They 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 duplicated Soarin' because it was so popular at California Adventure. They brought it to Epcot, and it's like, I think that's a great idea once in a while. But I know they can't do it, but I would say, I from everything I've heard, how about we bring a Journey to the Center of the Earth from Tokyo Disney Sea to anywhere here? I don't even care. Just yeah. uh, put it on top of Fantasmic. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, any anything like that. That yeah. and and it, they don't do that a lot. They don't bring a lot of the Japanese stuff over, and they really know what they're doing over there. I think they so. don't because uh, a lot of them places, a lot of the 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 foreign, they're 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 owned by like the Japanese land holding company or whatever. Like, I think Disney's a minority stakeholder in a lot of them, so it may be difficult to do that. Like maybe, maybe a lot of the Japanese Imagineers or whoever came up with that. And it's not something they're allowed to do anywhere else. I don't know. There's gotta be complicated contracts and things that go into that. Yeah. So much yeah. out, way outside of my uh, knowledge. Of the yeah. Law mine too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I agree. All right. Well, let's move on to our topic. If you're okay with that. Yeah, yeah, that's a, and that's a sample of what we'll be doing from now on. Just talking about what's going on a little bit. Not necessarily news. I don't really care about news, but it is interesting to know. Since I live here, we might as well use that, right? And what's going on at the parks right now, and that's what's going on. Yep, and uh, that's kind of something that John and I discussed is we're not really into the whole news thing. We love timeless. We love uh, current, but the problem with timeless is things change so rapidly nowadays. It's hard to do something timeless in this era because of that. And if the risk of running timeless is you more or less become a history podcast. And so we're really not looking to be a history podcast either. So, uh, yeah, and you know. time And Timeless would have worked great, but this COVID stuff threw a curveball to everybody. And now nobody knows the best time to go to Walt Disney World anymore. It's all changed. Yeah. Nobody knows <laughs> the best anything because even the food has changed. Like, you know, what you would have considered the best food, the worst. It's like everything kind of got mixed up. So it's like, to tell people you should definitely go there in January now. I would have said you were wrong last January, and now you might be right. I, I it just it's not. There's no uh, cut and dry, black or white uh, advice to give people right now. It's it's everything's in flux and yeah. continues to do so. Yeah. So you know it makes sense for us to pivot to a different format and. Yeah, and at least at least we can let you know what is going on, not what we think, not what you know, not what we 
think the crowds will be based on past whatever. It's like, here's what is going on based on going to the parks this week. So just mm-hmm. to let everybody know. And for our next segment with topics, we're going to be talking about things that are maybe relevant to current happenings, but also that's not what we're just going to limit everything to. We may delve into timeless. We may delve into top lists or things of that nature. But for this week, we're going to talk about something that you may have heard a little bit on other podcasts um, and you or, or, you know, vlogs. And you may even be thinking this yourself, given what's going on at the parks recently. And by recent, I'm talking about months. I'm talking about over the last year um, in particular. Last week. <laughs> last week, right. <laughs> Especially last week. And that is, is Disney using the pandemic crisis to scale back and it's something that a lot of us are thinking about especially those of us that are affected by these things if you're in california i really feel for you because they did away with the annual pass program out there and there's no information indicating that it's ever going to come back i don't understand how it can't come back disneyland seems to live and die by its annual pass program but uh they've also made little comments here and there at the corporate level that annual pass doesn't make them money i find that hard to believe but they have spoken about losing money and not really being too concerned about the annual pass program And maybe that's true via tickets and things like that. But if they really think that, they're not counting on how much money they make in merchandise because that's who's fueling, I believe, the the merchandise purchasing or annual pass holders. So, Yeah, uh, I, I actually follow some Disneyland annual pass holders on Instagram and I cannot believe the amount of merchandise they purchase. Like, I don't know. Like, they, they, I feel like they must take a significant portion of their check every week. And even throughout the Disneyland being closed, they're going to shop Disney online and still buying every new merch thing, all the new special things, like anything you could imagine. They're, they're on it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like we really shouldn't blame the pass holders if they don't make enough money. I feel like at Walt Disney World, at least, uh, they do that things like all the festivals at Epcot and stuff. The pass holders go there. They do crowd the park, but they, I know because I'm one of them, I would go there and spend large amounts of money, like $7 at a time at all those little booths. I would buy merchandise. I would buy... Even now, I really do want to buy artwork, at least one thing. Not, I, I, I don't think I can do 2500 but <laughs> I do want to find at least one thing to say. I, I love to add a piece of that to my house every year. For me, it's very special, and I really want to do it. And like I said, I, I, I know, I guess it is a lot more lucrative to have somebody stay at the Disneyland Hotel and eat all their meals inside and all that, so I don't know. Disneyland is a different kind of park. It is very small. It is. And so I, I'm no expert on it myself. I, yeah. I it it is smaller. Uh, but the thing is with that park, they are acknowledging. They're almost talking out of both sides of their mouth because they're acknowledging that the pass holders and the locals are the 
money tree there, the flow of their money, because they opened up uh, downtown Disney there. And they opened up the shops there for people to go there and buy, you know, the the merchandise. It, it's not people traveling out there because if Disneyland is closed, it's not the tourism. So in essence, they're basically saying to their pass holders, hey, help us out here. Come make, you know, come help us uh, well, stay yeah. afloat. But screw you out of the other side. Yeah, of that, you they know? want the money, but they don't want them in the parks. They want to save that for vacation packages and single day tickets honestly too what does affect me is annual passes at walt disney world they they're not selling them those either and for me that is a big big negative for uh, imagine all the people moving to florida they finally make it here like my neighbors i think they're from uh, massachusetts they just moved here like a month ago they 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 can't get into the parks as a pass holder it's like they're left with buying really expensive tickets or and they finally you know for them it was like a dream they finally made it i live right by disney world and they're not selling passes right now sorry Mm. and for other people too my uh my old neighbors uh she uh the it was a family of four and the wife worked at walt disney world at uh at the hotels as a server for part-time for over 10 years and she you know they didn't have a lot of money and obviously she didn't make a lot of money she wasn't a one of the restaurant servers she just like brought the room service trays and all that and there wasn't big tips in that either like normal restaurants but anyway she made a little bit of money but the main reason she always kept her job was so that her family could visit the park 16 times a year it was a huge Mm. benefit for them and now she is she was one of the 28,000 laid off and they can't even afford annual passes but even if they could they can't buy them so to me that kind of thing is sad too like if they could afford them it's like no your uh, your son and your your 6-year-old daughter just can't go anymore if you can't afford to buy the tickets and i'm like oh that is just heartbreaking to me that uh, you know that things like that happen and but Here's all. Here's a positive side. My wife and was one of the people, and I think I mentioned at the time, she was uh, one of the twenty-eight thousand as well. One of the very few full-time ones that they got rid of. She could not. She she was being let go from the company, and annual passes are no longer available. Which means for her, you you can't get in unless you buy. You know, you want to spend a hundred dollars a day on a ticket, and but she went to uh, uh, guest relations at Disney, explained the situation to them. They they looked it up and ver- verified. They were like, all right, in your household, your husband has an annual pass. Your daughter has an annual pass. You n- no longer do, but you did for years because you work for the company. They said, in your case, we're going to let you we're going to let you buy one. It was expensive. Mm-hmm. Like the price really went up. I think it was like over $800 at this point for just the regular like gold pass for a Florida resident but I was happy that they let her buy that because I had said because imagine you know it's like hey I'm going to Disney today you can't go anymore and you can't buy a pass either we can't afford to buy tickets just for you it's like so Disney's doing a lot of stuff to uh, make living close to Disney less less 
enjoyable for some of us lo locals too. But in my case, I wanted to bring that up because I did bring it up when we were in the other situation and she couldn't get it. So Disney did let, let us get it. I guess they, they decide on a case-by-case -case basis. And for example, my neighbor wanted to buy one. She worked there like five years and they would not sell her one. She, uh, her mom still works at Disney and, and no, no one in her household has a pass. And they were like, no, mm. you can't buy one. So, you know, she was friends with Mickey Mouse in Fantasmic. Mm. Imagine that. Like that's, wow. she was one of those people standing in front of the thousands of people in Fantasmic with, uh, pointing at stuff as the water explodes and the fireworks. And that's, mm. a, that's quite a job to have. But even so, Mickey, even friends with Mickey, doesn't get an annual, can't buy well, of one. Of course not. Jeez. <laughs> wow. So uh, let me ask you this, though. Are you able to renew annual passes? Like if you currently have one right now, because I've heard of situations where they are allowing, and, and that's why I didn't start off right away with Disney World, because... Yeah. It sounds like they're allowing you, if you already had an annual pass, to at least if you're a Florida resident. I don't know if outside of Florida it's any different, but that they're allowing you to renew at this point, right? I mean, is oh, that yeah, true? They're, they're, yeah, they definitely are allowing us to renew at this point. If if they do that down here, that is going to be devastating to so many people because it used to... If you look at like Florida real estate and stuff like around Disney World, like say like 20 years ago, you could buy a house for next to nothing. Like they're just it. The people who lived around here could not really afford to go to Disney. And it was kind of one of those deals where it's like most locals are not interested. They live here, but they don't care about Disney World. This area over the past however ever many years has been saturated with people who love disney who moved here so they can go to disney world and i'm one of them i didn't move here because i like florida i do like florida but i wouldn't live right next to the biggest theme park attraction in the world unless i loved it <laughs> you know yeah. it's like i'd be torturing myself it'd be like yeah i, I live right next to walt disney world just because i love traffic and problems yeah. you know <laughs> so so anyway i for for like so many people around here would be like I I this was my life's goal I made it and now Disney won't let me go in the parks it's like <laughs> that would just be so bad like I don't even know I if that happens I'm not even I, you can cancel all the stuff I do at Disney because I think I'd be ready to just well I'd still go to Universal but I was gonna say you have other parks there at least. on a, on a on a side note yeah that's what I'm gonna do today I'm gonna go to Universal this afternoon and see if I can see what's going on with that Velocicoaster it looks really they they've yeah. been adding dinosaurs lately and I'm gonna go there and just enjoy that I haven't been in a while and that's what I was going to say. After Disneyland announced all this stuff, um, Universal and Hollywood said something like, we still love you. Like, we love our pass holders. <laughs> and then Universal in uh, Orlando said the same thing. They were like, we just want to send out a message to let all our pass holders know how much we love them. And I'm like, there you go. And yeah. of course, my daughter's practically cheering about that, saying how much, how bad evil Disney is and how great Universal yeah. is. And and I, you know, she's uh, 
she doesn't even like going there anymore to Disney just because, you know, they fired her mom and they treat they yeah. fired her neighbor and she saw how it affected so many people firsthand that she's just, you know. It's understandable. It really is. Um, I, I pay for her annual pass this and, <laughs> and I'm, yeah, this... I'm, I'm still brought out to pay to renew it even though she doesn't really go and she's angry. But... She'll get over it at some point. So she'll still yeah. want to go there. And, uh, I I guess uh, we can look at some of the other things, though, as far as Disney World. Uh, yeah, I mean, you guys can still get your annual pass. I couldn't buy an annual pass because the program is limited at this point just to existing uh, holders. But, a, you know, I could get a DVC, right? I mean, I could go get a DVC uh, contract. I can't get an annual pass, but... That's, yeah, I heard. I heard even DVC members can't buy one. They can't. That's, that is unbelievable. That to me, I if if I was told that, I I would be like, you just lost a sale. I'm not. Yeah. That, that's well, the least are. you can do. Let me. They used to give you an annual pass for free to DVC members. Now they won't even sell you one. They're like yeah. no, full price tickets. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. that's a really important. Uh, marketing tool for DVC and without that I'm not really sure how well they're doing um, I, I, I don't know I haven't looked at the numbers and I don't really think they released the numbers so I know that the DVC contracts are plenty so you can certainly get them uh, and that's with just the Riviera being put in place um, so yeah I mean uh, I think that's the main active current DVC contract right now and they're not sold out and that hotel's been open for well over a year so yeah um, as much as I love DVC I think that would be the line for me I'd be like yeah, yeah. that's that you can't uh, that's yeah that 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 to me would be the difference between buying it and not if I was uh, didn't live here and because I did own it I loved it but that is very disturbing to hear that they would do that to dvc members yeah and so to just quickly go over some of the things that they've cut over the last year since the coronavirus of course they've closed the parks down for several months and obviously disneyland still is not open due to california restrictions that's not disney's fault so i'm not going to pin that on them uh also you have uh the uh limited amount of people entering the parks i'm also not really going to pin that on disney a lot of that has to do with uh the you know the the general rules in some states and overall you know the the pressures of keeping everyone safe and keeping everyone feeling safe so i i can't really pin that on them but one thing i will say is the this weird kind of leaning into shows fireworks parades and stuff i i find it really strange i understand that you don't want to have a big parade that people line up for and i understand that you don't want to have a big firework spectacular or something oh. like that right i i get that and i get that you don't want but... to do the night shows but if you look at the you know in front of the castle every night at 
Walt Disney World, there's people waiting for a couple fireworks to shoot up every night. Well, let me just tell you, too, based on experience, uh, I was at Hollywood Studios the other day, and th it's like this at all, all the parks. You can hear the cavalcade music come on long before it actually gets there. So I was like, ooh, cavalcade. So I got up off the bench, walked over. The crowds are just as thick as they would be during that's, a parade. That's what I was thinking, Because they Jonah. tell people ahead of time, and I've even, I honestly didn't think about it myself, but... Uh, on my Instagram account, I heard people making comments about so much for social distancing and this and that, and they are 100% correct because I went right over and went shoulder to shoulder with everybody else to watch Buzz Lightyear and the Green Army Men and all them go by, and I recorded it, and I was like, and then as they went by, I took a picture from behind, and I was like, wow, that looks nice with the sun and this and that, so I posted it. And then people commented, wow, look at those crowds. And it's like, oh, yeah, I didn't even think about it. I got so used to it being around all the time. So that's a good point that uh, they got rid of this stuff. But they're basically they're still doing it. crowds. They're still that's just it. I, I don't understand the mentality with that. They know that the crowds are are gathering and i know some people are going to say you stupid idiot you're you can't get it uh you know that's the 15 minute rule or something like that i mean honestly john 15 minute rule sounds like when someone drops a piece of food on the on the uh on the floor and they say 15 second rule you know and they go and pick it up or whatever because that you know they've some arbitrary made up number you know, and it doesn't get germs and on the floor in a certain amount of time. I just, I have a hard time with, I, and, you know, without getting into the any controversy, I'm not looking at that. I, I'm not looking to do that. But what I'm saying is that Disney, again, talking out both sides of their mouth, they are saying plexiglass here, which, you know, interrupts guest experience and, social distancing there but hey here comes a cavalcade and we're going to let you know in advance yeah. but no parade you know and but just that just to interject on that too i uh, i just read a, something on disney food blog about people that disney's continuing to add their uh, plexiglass and stuff and i mentioned in a comment it got very little traction but i did mention i said does anyone else notice that at exit queues, social distancing no longer matters. And I said the biggest example I have is flight of passage, and and it uh, on flight of passage it's multi-layered, like stairway wise and stuff. Yeah. They they make sure that they do a great job distancing and plexiglassing you straight through the whole thing, and then at the end it's like everybody out. It is such a long exit queue. Every time somebody stops to hand sanitize, it goes more and more. Those exit cues, I'm walking out shoulder to shoulder with a bunch of excited people uh, adjusting masks, talking about how great it was. And it's, it's like, I know it's not 15 minutes, but if COVID is something they're that worried about, I don't know why they don't care about it there. So that's all I have to say about that. It's an if-then statement. Yeah. If you're so concerned going in, why do you not care at all going out? It's just that, weird. That's the point that I'm trying to make. And, and what I'm trying to do exactly is build up a rationale to to kind of support what 
my general opinion is and that is that disney is using this as a as a uh an excuse to make cuts that they more or less wanted to make to begin with before pan the pandemic there was a lot of talk from disney corporate and disney travel planners about how do we cut back park population it's getting too much and it's interrupting the guest experience and you would get these surveys and things that would talk about that and question you about that uh crowd levels and things like that and so disney reacted by making more hotels more rides and things like that giving other experiences to try and spread the guests around there's only so much that they're going to spend money on and we're talking millions and millions and millions of dollars just to spread people around the parks a little bit more obviously it wasn't working too well because the parks were crowder than ever, uh, cra more crowds than ever, um, especially when in off-season last January, those crowds were, I I've never seen or heard of crowds in January being like that. So I guess to just put the cherry on top of this whole thing, in, in my opinion, and again, it, if anyone feels differently, that's fine. This is This is not a fact. This is just opinion. But let's just look at one, you know, some other recent facts. They've announced that they're going to cut uh, Magical Express. And that's a big thing for people that fly into Orlando. Magical Express is a big perk for, uh, for uh, guests that fly. And I understand. Let me, let me just say that there's high-speed rail coming, but it's going to go to Disney Springs. It's not even going to be remotely ready until 2023 at the earliest. The problem with that is, how do you get your luggage to your hotel? You can take high-speed rail to Disney Springs all day long, but at this point, as far as a policy goes, you're not allowed to uh, have your luggage on a resort hotel bus. They don't allow you to do that. Uh, the other thing is there's been some rumors that some of the former minivan drivers and some of the minivans are getting put back into place. Well, that's, a, what, $150 for each trip? So, again, honestly, you're faced with a Uber or a Lyft or renting a car when you get into the airport. And the old days... Before Magical Express, you'd be faced with getting a taxi. You know, taxis weren't cheap down there, and uh, or renting a car. So Magical Express was a big perk, and it's run by Mears with a contract with Disney. Uh, apparently, they've been losing money on it recently. Obviously, with the parks not being open, and then with limited capacity, they're not making as much. But I. It sort of sounds to me in listening to a lot of the pundits and people talking like they were discussing a way to get out of that, to, you know, well before the pandemic. And um, in my mind, it's like if you really want to get out of it, charge people like charge money. It's not even that they're not doing it. They're just doing away with it. And that kind of tells me in my mind, like this is just another move, a a in a larger philosophy, uh, I don't know if it's because of JPEG or what. I mean, they've stopped building the Tron roller coaster. They've closed the gates for all the construction. They've stopped working on Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, 
I, I don't know, John. I, I, I mean, if you look at the middle of Epcot, there's not a lot of construction going on right there right now. It's like an empty hole. So I don't know what to say. I mean, if you look at their really ambitious projects that they've had planned for years, and over the last year, it's almost like they thought to themselves, oh, crap. That's going to cost a lot of money. We need to put that on pause or we need to start cutting away. It looked to me like this was a philosophy that was starting to take hold before coronavirus with a lot of things they were doing. And it's just continued. And it just seems to me like they're using some of this as an excuse to just continue with that philosophy and go big. Well, I think they may have made a mistake with the Magical Express thing, though, because one of the things that keeps people uh, on Disney property is just the thought of not having to find your way through Central Florida. And um, <clears throat> if you're from a big city, it's not intimidating. But if you are not, you know, when you get near, you're on I-4 going through Orlando and all that area, it can be an intimidating place to drive around and stuff. And I know when I was younger and would vacation here, given the option, I would love saying, I don't have to worry about that. Like once you get to the airport, it's like, I'm going to be taken to Disney. I don't have to find anything. It's all going to be easy. And what that did for them, and perhaps the new ma management has forgotten, but that made it very unpopular to leave Disney property. It's like the the best thing you could do is get a Disney hotel and Magical Express is a big part of it. Be taken right there, and when you're done, right back to the airport. There's nothing to worry about, and there's no. But for me though, I say if you have to rent a car or get a arrange your own transportation you can do it it's not that hard but it makes staying on disney property could you get something better i think rental houses are going to be benefit a lot from this uh i hope universal benefits a lot it's like well since you already have to make special arrangements why not go visit uh the wizarding world of harry potter why not it's like i always wanted to try it now's the time so I'm thinking that it may be a negative thing long term. And like you said, when I was on vacation, if they said, I'm going to have to charge you an extra hundred if you want that, I'd be like, yeah, I'm used to it. I'm just, let's just pay. I'm good. I probably would have said yes. Although I drove mostly. I, I think I've only been on Magical Express once. But but yeah, I could definitely see the, the, uh, the, the benefits of it. So again, I just feel like there's something they could have done there. But again, it hurts some people and helps others. Uh, Universal has a lot of new uh, hotel rooms that are under $100 a night that are cool themed and right down the street from Walt Disney and Universal. They're kind of like right between the two. So, hey, why not stay there? If you got to rent a car anyway, who knows? Like maybe. Well, I think that makes a really good point. I, I don't think that um, they're seeing this from that standpoint. And it almost seems like they're concentrating more on Disney Plus at this point. And, you know, theme parks are just a throwaway. You know, we're, we're not really as concerned about them. I mean, well, theme parks saved the company many times in the past. So, well, <clears throat> I was going to say, based on that, I, 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 my, my current thoughts on, and this goes for uh, uh, Iger and JPEG and whoever else. I feel like the current Disney executives 
don't particularly like theme parks, like personally, like I feel like they're not theme park guys. They're not really into that. Like it's it's cool and all. They make money from it, but they're so uh, Iger was so focused on movies and franchises that you know. That, do you really think he loved going to parks? It's like he probably it was probably just a a, a number on paper to him. And there's some that would say JPEG downright doesn't like parks he cuts everything you know that's what he was known for before he got promoted was cutting things like he was really in cutting Mm -hmm. everything back so uh i feel like disney looks at a company like netflix and says why should they have a larger market cap than we do we have better stuff we can outdo that and we're playing around with these parks making money while netflix is just all digital and they surpassed us you know we've been doing this forever i feel like that's kind of where the the mindset is at the top level right now at the uh, executives they're looking at things outside of the traditional disney setup and i know the parks have saved them in the past but i feel like they they don't look at it like that they just look at it like you know they're they're a piece of money and they're not making as much money right now streaming is huge let's go that route and concentrate on that and if we do anything in the parks make sure it has an ip related to boost and go along with our whatever our properties are for uh, tv movie streaming division so i feel like that is their favorite thing right now and it shows so that's what i feel like Again, I'm the opposite. I'm not a huge traditional Disney fan. I'm I love parks. I love theme parks, which is why I enjoy any theme park by any company, but Disney really, you know, does it well. Yeah. I I do want to say I don't want anyone. I get so sick and tired of hearing people excuse this Josh tomorrow because of something he did a few times out in Disneyland, but he is a part of this too. I understand that um, for former employees and current employees, he seems like Mr. Wonderful and everything, but let's not forget that that guy is a big part of this. He is in the corporate structure. He could put his foot down you don't see him getting reprimanded by his corporate overlords to you know uh, stick up for the employees or stick up for the parks or anything like this a lot of this happened on his watch so i think that people excuse that guy as well and they blame everything on all the people above him you know chapek is like the devil and chapek i'm not saying he's some great uh, mastermind or some great CEO. I think he, you know, I'm, he's not one of my favorite people in the world for all the things he's done, but, um, he's, he always seems to shoulder all the blame as a CEO and everyone seems to just let this Josh tomorrow go. This stuff happened under Josh tomorrow's watch for the theme parks. So, I understand again, he was wonderful in Disneyland. He brought them around, but and and really paid tribute to the annual pass holders. There we go again, annual pass holders. How's that working right now? Uh, Mr. DeMauro is in charge of all the theme park divisions. He's in charge of that right now. So while he gave you a pat on the back out in Disneyland as an annual pass holder, he 
was great to the employees in Disneyland. When he was named chairman of the division, let's not forget what happened under his watch, right? He, there, there were employee layoffs and also all these cuts. These things happened under this Josh Tomorrow. So Josh Tomorrow isn't exactly Prince Charming. I notice what I did there, John. I used Disney IP to say that. Prince Charming. So, you know. Yeah, they'll really appreciate that. They'll appreciate that. So, um, well, I was going to say. Yeah, I don't want to be, I don't want to be all negative. I still love Disney. I'm going to go back and all those things. You know, I'm just saying they're, they definitely are using, in my mind, they're definitely using this as, as an excuse to do some things that they were probably already going to do. So. Yeah, I wanted to say on a positive note, uh, Josh Demaro, uh, he he, my wife was still working there when he uh, took over, and he did absolutely nothing for the employees that I noticed at Disney World, and but he did promise that he was going to get them all on Rise of the Resistance because you know they were blocked out, they didn't have a cast preview, they pretty much just threw them to the curb and said, yeah, well, maybe later we'll let you ride it. And she never did. And uh, we finally wrote it like uh, uh, on her birthday. I got up er er early. I got the things and we were lucky enough to get the front row. So we didn't get plexiglass view of it. And, you know, it was nice. She finally got to ride it. But again, Josh DeMara said, you're definitely going to we're going to get you on that. It's like and everybody clapped and said, we love him. He's the best. He cares about us. And then he said. 28,000 people have fired. Look, I got a promotion. Yay, see you later. And he left. And again, I, I know it's not his fault, but it's a weird perception that some people are good, some people are bad. It's like, oh, Josh Tomorrow is the best and Chapek is evil. They're probably basically the same guy. One's just uh, fatter and balder and one's uh, more <laughs> handsome. So it's like, the handsome guy's great. The bald guy's yeah. evil. Hey, come on now. I'm a I'm a I'm a fat balding guy. Don't <laughs> why does he have to be evil? It's like because look at him, he's evil. But yeah, I really I'd... I really do think that goes a long way. Uh, and speaking of too. cuts too, um I know I brought it up a lot in this episode, but my my wife worked at the salons at Walt Disney World and uh, at her new job she talked to a Disney World scheduler came in. Uh, to get their kids haircut and my wife said where she worked she said she gets calls all day long of people trying to make reservations at the Disney salons and they don't they're like what do you mean it's closed like when is it going to open like like the guests are very upset that enjoyed being pampered at Disney World and getting their hair nails uh, a full salon treatment and you know I only thought of it because of Chapek, and I, I jokingly said, what is a middle-aged bald guy? He's like, what the hell do we need a salon for? Cut that whole thing out. He's like, of course, I'm sure that uh, it probably went something like that because they literally have no plan. They just they cut the, 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 the stylist, the people, the manicurist, the, the people who do the massages, the... The managers, schedulers, everybody would just, eh, you're all fired. Every one of you. It's like, huh. I was like, do they, that's a little short sighted to me. I mean, you don't want to keep any of them on. And they didn't even get offered, a, you know, you could, 
uh, work a popcorn stand until it reopens if you want to be first in line. They offered nothing. They were like, mm. you are all gone, period. You're gone. And I was like, I, 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 and I know it's not funny, but I guess enough time has passed that I find it funny now to think of a bald guy cutting the salon just saying, we don't need that. <laughs> Let's cut it off. It's like, yeah, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure he never needs to step foot in a salon in his entire life. And good for him. But right. there are still, their, their most lucrative guests really love that. And I know it wasn't a big money maker for him. Like there was literally not that many people in the whole division, but it took them years to train and find the best people so that when super wealthy people come to Disney and get their hair, hair done, they say, wow, this is one of the best uh, whatever I've ever had. This is great. Mm -hmm. You don't just hire that randomly. It takes years to build that up. And they, they took all that experience and all the people who knew how to make the Disney magic and said, ah, they're all gone. Just mm -hmm. eh, all of them. You're not going to keep a cup? No, all of them. It's gone. It's like, I don't, I feel like that was a weird thing. And again, when you look at the Disney accounting, they probably were like, oh, we made $1 million in salons. Psh, that's nothing. We don't even need that. Like, what do we even care about that? We yeah. sold more, more popcorn in two days than we made in the salons in a year. We don't need it. Well, there's a lot of guests that that's a special part. It's, uh, it's one of those things you make a little bit of money. But mm -hmm. for 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 your most your your for your best clientele, they like that part, and you right. Now it's not there. So again, that's the 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 salons are something I heard nothing talked about on any Disney podcast. Uh, in no. general, people don't care. You know, like I really thought. Actually, I think Pete from the Diz Unplugged might have mentioned it at some point because you know he likes that kind of thing too. But. He didn't say well, much about it, though. Like, I don't think anyone realizes the extent that they just gutted it. Like, it, my wife saw pictures of what it looks like now. Looks like a, a used and abused storage room is what the Grand Floridian Spa looks like right now. They're not, huh. they they they're just throw junk there that they don't know what to do with. That's literally what it looks like. I in marketing, you know, you you measure the utility, and the utility is a big factor in everything that you do. And Chapek as a marketer, I, I'm I don't understand. He he doesn't look at that. Maybe it's just he's so such an old school marketer that he really only relies on the way things used to be, and he doesn't look at the goodwill that you generate with customers by doing things like that. Yes, you're right. If you don't make a ton of money with a million dollar profit that you might be making, I mean that's that's like pennies to you and I for Disney. But the goodwill that you generate from other people to have that as an offering. I mean, those salons were always booked, so people were using them. And it was just one of these extra experiences, well, you know, the Disney magic, as you said. That, the weird, that the weird thing is my, my wife was very good at making magic. And uh, you wouldn't believe the amount of people who literally did come back to her like who would request you would think at a place like a disney resort that wouldn't happen she had a rapidly growing list of repeat customers like she had like pilots yeah. and stuff that fly around the world and it's like they found somebody who does such a great job and makes it a great experience that they were willing to like schedule all their stuff with her you know and it's just 
it was amazing that um, you know uh, the the magic that does come out of there that nobody really talks about. You know, it's mm-hmm. very special things going on there. And again, it's not a new ride. It wasn't anything. It was one of those little things that only some people experienced it. But it's those little things I always say that brings everybody back. So, right. I don't know. We'll make it up in streaming. It's in our streaming. Yeah. That's all good. Well, the, what brings people back to the parks, though? I've always wanted, for probably 15 years, I've wanted to go to Universal. Do you know why I don't go to Universal, John? Because Disney gives me so many things that keep me on their property. And as they cut away and as they peel away this onion of their offerings and these little things that they're no longer doing, it gives me a reason to stay at a Universal Resort. It gives me a reason to go to a Universal or a, you know, a a SeaWorld or, I mean, heck, even uh, Gatorland, you know what I mean? I mean, it gives me other reasons to stay at Reynolds off property. So if they even remotely have intentions of opening up all those resorts, they currently have closed, which again, um, I'm not so sure that that got out of control for them with their properties, um, you know, having too many properties and actually what they wanted. I, I mean, if they want to open them back up, if that truly isn't the intention, they better offer uh, those extras. They're not doing it right now. So I, I'm, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, John, that's how I feel about it. I, I don't, yeah. again, I don't want to be overly negative. That wasn't really the intention, but I just think that we need to look at what they're doing and. Yeah. One of the you know. one of the other cuts that I find very, as somebody who drives to the parks exclusively, I find very odd too is the trams are still just not being used, and people have gotten accustomed to just walking right in the tram lanes. Like now, it's like, and I know, you know, if, if I've been to the like around Christmas time. It's unbelievable the crowds. Like those parking lots were filling up. Like there was a lot of people, and just to have no trams to me, I never took the trams. Like I almost never would. I don't like them, but I know there's a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, they may have uh, ailments that require something like that, and you can't rent a wheelchair till you get into the parks. And I'm like, I feel like that's not nice either. Like it's just a, it's a, it's a cut that. I just feel is kind of, uh, I don't know, bad, bad PR, you know, it's like, well, my ailing mother would love to go to the parks. She's healthy, but you know, if she has knee problems. It's like, well, I don't know. You better think of something because <laughs> yeah. you're not going to be able to get to the parks unless you, and maybe she doesn't need a wheelchair, but maybe Disney walk and can get to her. It's like, I don't know. It's just, just a weird thing there's a reason that the trams were always there and like i said i don't like them i don't miss them but i still think it's a it's a cut that is uh, uh bad for the people that need it i feel very bad for them yeah and and let's not forget the folks from the disney college program you know they've completely cut that out too and that was almost it it just seemed like something that they were just itching to scale back to begin with so uh, well that i don't think i think that they were 
gonna go expand it even more uh, actually because the college program they basically i i've met a lot of people uh from that and i would meet them and they showed me pictures of where they stayed and it was a room with four beds in it like bunk beds and mm -hmm. disney would charge them i think six hundred dollars a month to stay there and i'm like wow i'm like so they're paying you very little. They take a big chunk of it right back, and they you don't have the same benefits as all the other cast members, even part-time. You have much less. You don't get all the free entries, and you don't get you get paid less. They can work you overtime and not it's all different rules. And I'm like, and yeah, and then they barely pay it. Then they take the, a big chunk of the money back to stay there and they were expanding out on that. They had uh, the apartments over by Flamingo Crossing on the west side of Disney. They changed it now to, it's open to any cast members, but originally it was all supposed to be college program, almost like a city of college program because it was so much cheaper for them and they hmm. can make money off them too. It's like they literally, so I think that they wanted to expand that out you know, to the detriment of people who live around here and no part-time jobs available. We got it covered, you know, so huh. that's, uh, uh, so I think it's the opposite for that, but. Oh, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. I didn't consider that. So, well, I think I can put a bow on that topic if you're good with that, John. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we can talk about it more, but that's, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. And I think, Honestly, our topics in the future aren't going to be necessarily like this. We have a lot of other, I guess, more positive things to talk about on our topics list. And I, I promise that it won't be necessarily attacking Disney. And I'm not trying to attack Disney. I, I just find it interesting that uh, that that this is what we're um, this is what we're working with right now as far as the you know the, and the next week and next week the topic could be why is the animal kingdom lodge the best disney hotel you never know like it, it could be all positive you know but in right. this case these are things that are happening and people do have thoughts on them yeah just a just a topic for our final segment we're gonna hand it off to john and he's gonna talk about what has done really well across his social media channels in particular i i think you you are more or less looking at instagram right john and facebook right so yeah yeah for my my instagram account is what i'll base it on because that has a good amount of followers yeah so go ahead john and explain what you're going to cover on this segment from week to week all right, and this is a work in progress, so it may change a little bit, but I never brought in, and a lot of people are interested in Instagram and, you know, how to how to do it, what works, what doesn't, and I just wanted to give a little bit of perspective um, um, about what goes over well and what doesn't over the weeks, because a lot of times it surprises me what I like the best, what I find you know that it typically doesn't translate to instagram or to followers in general so um i'm just going to touch on this week um i i'd say this week i i posted things like a, a a walk through epcot in one minute from the front to the back and you know that did pretty good and 
Um, I, I did uh, a walkthrough of uh, Disney's Art of Animation, a couple of minutes in the Finding Nemo section with a wide angle screen, and that did all right. But the best thing of the week was was something that I recorded almost a year ago. In February of 2020, I was at Star Wars Launch Bay. And at that time, uh, they still had, it was still a viable place. Like after uh, Galaxy's Edge was around for a little bit, they started getting rid of the Star Wars stuff from everywhere else. And there is a short video of Pluto and R2-D2 playing a game. Like they're both twirling around and doing their things. And it got 6,765 likes in a few days and that's a lot like i'm not a huge instagram guy i have you know i have uh, like thirty-eight thousand followers i'm not in the hundreds of thousands like that's a big number and it says that the reach is 118,952 almost 500 people shared it and and the reason i talk about these things is this doesn't happen anymore and the way people love it like people see it and it's like wow r2d2 in the parks and then a random pluto sighting who's playing a game with them i'm like that doesn't happen and you know it would not surprise me at all if r2d2 was amongst one of the first things cut probably you know the guy it, it was kind of run like uh, uh push the trash can there was a guy in the audience with a controller somewhere controlling R2-D2, a full-size R2-D2, just interacting with kids, doing his thing, doing his little beeps. And again, there was no schedule for it. It just came out. And that's the kind of thing that I love at Disney too. But the translation in the popularity on Instagram is amazing to me. Like I look at that and I'm like, it makes me say the general public absolutely love this kind of thing and it's not there it's the first last time i ever saw it and again i don't i don't know if disney uses this kind of thing as a metric but i honestly think it'd be a good idea for them to look at random disney accounts and say you know what's what do people love and what don't they they seem to love the shape of pyramids too like if i take a picture of the mexico pavilion goes crazy if i go Hmm. to the pool at coronado springs and take a a video of the the uh pyramid pool feature it goes it's just loved you know i don't know if it's the pyramids or just coincidental but anyway r2d2 and pluto randomly in front of star wars launch bay if you go there now it looks like an abandoned park or something in that area there's nothing going on down there so you know it's very different now and that's the place too where the stormtroopers would randomly roam around we were there one day and the the they 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 grabbed my niece and said come with us and they led her through mm-hmm. everything like they were going to take her away and uh, they originally they had jawas in there that would trade with you they you could trade and they would be met you know doing their little things no deal for this and they want that and they that was a lot of fun too and that that's long gone too but i feel like launch bay did a better job of feeling like star wars than galaxy's edge does because i was really excited for galaxy's edge because the march of the first order was great like it it was just great the random stormtroopers are great the characters are great 
then they do Galaxy's Edge, and once in a while you spot like Ray on the roof, but it's just not. It it wasn't as well done. Like I don't know. They I really feel like they dropped the ball. But anyway, that's the that is the hot one of the week, I guess you'd say. That's that's a big big one. And since this is the first one, I I'm gonna go back one week too. To uh, it was last week. I think I was at Animal Kingdom and. There was another one that did really well. It was just walking past the floating islands in Animal Kingdom. And it did unusually well. Um, yeah, 6,669 likes. It reached 114,000 people. It's like a 14-second video of walking past the falls section. And honestly, I when I posted it, I thought to myself, I wish I would have seen the sky more. To me, it looked kind of washed out. I was like, eh, it's not my best video, but I'll just throw it up. And again, it, it just blew up. And mm. I mean, is that, would you think, oh, that's what people like the most? It's like, I can put, I could put a complete ride up of the newest rides or this and that, and it's not the same. So I it's, guess it's I'm, funny you said that, John, because that's one of my best posts like one of the ones that i've got the most response from was at those very falls just looking straight on at the falls just a short 10 second video of those falls and that's it it's very popular for whatever reason so yeah and i was gonna say one of my let me see what the least popular ones would be for some reason a couple of minutes at the art of animation resort uh did not that good at all for me, like 700 and some likes, which, you know, compared to the 6,000. And again, I don't know if it's because it's an IGTV video or what, but the preview is still there, but I don't know. People just didn't like that this time. And uh, the other one that did surprisingly bad, I did a little video looking into the new Ratatouille area. Now, before this area opened, I was getting thousands of likes anytime I posted anything about it. Now it's actually open and I posted it and, you know, it's got like 800. It's like, it kind of died down. Maybe people thought it was going to be more interesting when the wall came down, but instead it's just the bathroom area and not really anything too exciting. So is but, that, was that also on an IGTV? No, no, that's just like a, eight second video on the regular thing on the regular instagram that's like i said i'm not sure i never really understand the way these things work like i'm always surprised at what does well and what doesn't but you know the the uh it, it does seem just kind of random the newest one i put up too let me see that's not doing that great either but i did a uh impressions de france a little bit of the opening of the movie but i think that'll only click with the people who have seen it multiple times because you'll hear the music the narrator and be like oh i missed that or i like that hmm. but yeah. i guess in general it may not it's i guess you can just scroll past it. anyway that's about what the uh segment was going to be about just one of the top ones and one of the least ones and maybe a little discussion as to why that may be between us and uh Again, I never do understand the way these things work, but R2-D2 yeah. is a, sure is a hit. Like, they just, it keeps on going. That's confusing to me because uh, Star Wars usually doesn't rank well with Disney people, I, I, you know, especially the last, over the last year or so. And right. we did that really great um, 
YouTube video, I thought, with the, you know, Rise of the Resistance and everything, kind of covering the, the ride in a more cinematic way on your YouTube channel. And it was probably one of the worst performing videos on your yeah, entire channel. I feel and the I same way. I, I watched it, and I don't watch all of them because I already lived them and recorded them and this and that. But in that case, I got pulled in, and I watched the whole thing, and I remember thinking, wow that was really well done like even though i'm the one that recorded the initial footage the 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 end result was just great and again i was like man this is really gonna hit no nobody really cared about that didn't do well so that's (laughs) weird i put a lot of time into that you put a lot of time into the you know capturing the footage and it's just like wow there's probably more time put into that than anything that we've done on there you know, from you actually capturing the footage, me actually doing the editing and, and putting it together, and it just didn't perform well. So it's it's not what uh, Disney fans are looking for. And t- to hear that an R2-D2 uh, post did well, well, that kind of warms my heart as a Star Wars fan because I know there's hope out there. <laughs> well, to me, it says that people really want the old characters. Like, they do. Like, right. you know, there's so many people around that, don't really care care enough to even know about the new stuff and they're like well where's luke i don't know it's like they don't yeah. know what's going on so i think uh if they put the uh, the as popular as the mandalorians got i think if they put you know if they pivot to the mandalorian which sort of sounds like they might do some of that as long as they do it well uh then maybe they'll at least temporarily get a boost and the fact that luke and all those original trilogy characters exist in that universe it's only a matter of time before you'll see them show up as well and if they do that it's going to do very well i think so um, yeah i think it's my age but what i really wanted to see at these parks was uh i wanted to see jabba the hut and yeah. his, his lair and all that like i would have loved to have seen from a distance that that worm thing in the hole or something like just yeah. make it look like it's you can't get near it but put a little wind going in there like it's trying to suck everybody mm. in or something like that would just be the coolest thing yeah. and like you i could said, have I, like I, boba I fett screaming because when i was a kid return of the jedi was the peak of star wars toys and like i had yeah. jabba the hut and his little setup and all that so for oh, me yeah, i know great. it's not the best movie but for me it's one of the most nostalgic so i really liked it yeah, it had a great had great a great toy line for that one. Oh, yeah, that was the it was better, you know. Those I should have mentioned this under the first segment, but I was watching the I went on Star Tours last week and um, they had a Billy D Williams cut. You know how they do, sometimes they do Yoda, sometimes Princess Leia. They had a Billy D Williams from the newest movie in there, and they also had a scene of that you remember the world where uh, the planet they they were on where with the big oceans that they couldn't cross and then yeah. right and there was part in that ocean like you crashed into the ocean there and there was a water scene and a water monster and it wasn't the the uh, Jar Jar Binks one it was yeah. the it, which is a good one too but it was a different one that I've never seen and I was like that's from the new movies and one yeah. of the reasons I love Star Tours I saw two new scenes I never saw before from the new movies and I love how they do the underwater ones cuz with the spaceship view it really looks so good when they go underwater with them like it's just 
Star Tour is still my favorite. Yeah, it's great. It's great. The fact that they can change scenes like that, that's what I love about it. It appeals to my Star Wars geekdom, for sure. All right, John, that should about do it for this week. You want to tell them where they can find you online? Sure, they could find me at c.wdw on Instagram and Facebook, c.uo on Instagram, cwdw on YouTube, and I think that's it. Yeah, and for me, you can find me at the giant rat, t h e giant rat, particularly on Instagram these days. I've kind of stepped away from Twitter uh, just because of everything going on in the world and all the negativity i just don't want involved in it right now so uh but you can find me on uh, on instagram i i don't post a lot but there's content there'll be more coming soon so okay that should about do it i think we'll pretty much stick with this segmented uh format and it'll be a little more easy as far as the flow we just wanted to explain what we were doing this week and go with that so we'll see you all next week stay safe on your adventures